0: Hello students and welcome to Class of X, the free internet course on how to read and enjoy the X-Men comics better. I'm your teacher and host John Reisinger and today we're doing something a little different and instead of having a guest and going over an old part of X-Men history, it's just me today and I'm going to attempt a deep dive into the 2023 Hellfire Gala and offer some context, some commentary, as much as I can muster for this epic 78 page punch to the gut. This was... Was requested uh, via socials. Um, I've had a lot of people ask for some more current uh, guidance on X-Men stuff because even though I've been offering you guys all these nuggets of information with all these episodes we've been doing so far, um, I realize that even with all that information, it can still be a daunting task to jump into the present-day comics. Um, and I want to give everybody who ever listens to this podcast the best opportunity possible to be able to jump in and read whenever and whatever they want from the X-Men catalog. And the Hellfire Gala from this year that just came out a few weeks ago, it's kind of a jumping-on point if you really wanted to have one. However, it is a jumping-on point that does require a bit of backstory to understand the whole thing that happened. Um, The Hellfire Gala was something that was started in 2021. I've talked about it a few times on this podcast. It was based off of our real world met gala and it was a annual event that after this krakoan era of the x-men was started by jonathan hickman in 2019 this was an annual event for the x-men and mutants of earth to gather um, their entire nation as well as delegates and special guests from the human part of the world to come have a party dress up all fancy and for give an opportunity for the mutants to display their excellence because with this establishment of the Krakoan nation this in this mutant nation state they uh, wanted to be able to show off how much the mutants are valuable, are worth of of you know awe and and admiration, um and it, I mean let's be honest, it's an opportunity to show off. They want to show off, you know. I mean this whole thing was was figured out by emma frost and that woman she knows how to put on a show so um 2021 was the first one the big event that happened during that one was them revealing actually doing this during the party um but they revealed through telepathic link everybody as this occurred uh the terraforming and colonization of mars as the second colony of the mutant nation um and they placed Araco. Uh, on Mars uh, And it was all of the mutants From the other twin island of Krakoa I'm not going to go into the deep dive of that But basically they took over Mars Put their own second mutant nation on there And claimed it as their own um, Which caused some waves In the human world It was quite the display of power um, They used all their Omega Mutants to do it um and it was it was an interesting issue to read and i highly recommend go back and, and reading that because it was it was awesome um in 2022 uh the focus that was going on during that gala was that right before then um while previously the resurrection protocols that the x-men have been using since 2019 and the founding of the krakoan nation to resurrect all mutants um it became public knowledge because uh cyclops died rather publicly and while they tried to keep it a secret and tried to pr their way out of it they ended up going public and by they i mean um cyclops told the daily bugle you can go public on this um because i believe it was uh, guy peter gyrick ben ben urich oh what's the name of the, the of the the journalist that's from the uh, you know Spider-Man comics, whatever his name is, I can never remember. Um, he wrote the article. It went public right before the Met ga- the, the Hellfire Gala and uh, did upset Emma a bit um, but they kind of tried to work their way around this and through that process they created the Phoenix Foundation which was a, a foundation that was ran by Jean Grey that would use 5% of the five's resurrection time the five being the five the name of the the mutant circuit that is the five mutants who resurrect all of the mutants um, and the five used 5% of their resurrection time to uh, resurrect a hand handpicked uh, list of humans um, that was curated by Jean Grey telepathically um, so it was kind of their way of again reaching out to the human world uh, and showing that while the mutants are their own nation, um, they can still provide things to the human world. Just like in the beginning of the whole House of X, powers of ten, they gave the whole human world their uh, special Krakowen fruits that healed uh, most of the mind diseases in the world and extended people's life by ten per ten years. And blah 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 blah. So they they've been given gifts. They're not just like you know saying we're gonna. On our own here in Krakoa they're still Trying to they've been trying since 2019 to still just Participate in this You know drama that is the earth Just like any other nation Would Uh, but obviously The theme with the X-Men Comics of mutants Being hated and feared has Continued um, which Was displayed in its Fullest splendor in Hellfire Gala 2023 uh, Which was an insane comic to read. I knew going into it that I was going to have to prep myself, that I was going to have to kind of work myself up to it because all of the comics and all of the the titles x-men immortal x-men and and x-men red and and everything was building up to what was clearly going to be a big event and on top of that all of us who read x-men knew that through you know the marketing campaign by marvel they had released that there was an upcoming new era of x-men because they love to title their errors of the x-men and just like uh, after house of x powers 10 that was the dawn of x um this was going to be called coming up soon something called the fall of x and we were all just like no don't do that don't the, we like we like krakow we like where they are the x-men are awesome it's great they're happy and living on their big old commune and everything like that but we all knew that it was going to come to a head um and all science pointed to Hellfire Gala being the issue that was going to launch this, and it did. Everything that happened in the Hellfire Gala sent a ripple throughout all the other titles. And so after Hellfire Gala 2023, which uh, came out uh, last month, uh, there everything... After that has been directly affected by that. So that's why I mean by if you can get through Hellfire Gala 2023 um, with the help of this episode of uh, Class of X, um, you can jump on and get to read all these new titles that came out because a lot of new titles were launched after this issue, including Astonishing Iceman, Jean Grey, Realm of X, just a lot. Um, uh, children of the vault. There's, there's, there's so many. Uh, and so this was a Hellfire Gala 2023 was a huge endeavor that was participated or, or contributed by a myriad of artists. Um, it was penned by uh, uh Jerry Duggan, who has been just magnificently orchestrating the X Men comics for quite a bit now. He's kind of been the a, a little bit of the one at the helm after Jonathan Hickman left to go work on other stuff um but it the artists in it, it, it if you read it it switches artists like every pages page or two um which is awesome because you got people like uh luciano uh, vecchio you've got uh pepe laraz you got adam kubert Arbe silva rb silva chris Anka. um you've got uh mateo loli russell dodderman javier pina uh just a smorgasbord of talented artists, all contributing to this amazing comic, which I'm now going to get into. It's it's I've been prattling on with a uh, uh, you know a prologue for nine plus minutes now, and so now we're going to talk about what happened in the comic and what you need to know to understand what happened in the comic. And the uh, the comic opens with a a big thing that if you again are not a like a terminally online comic book nerd like I am, you would be like. What's going on? Why are we starting off with this message about Marvel Girl? Uh, Marvel Girl, who a lot of people now recognize from the MCU TV series on Disney Plus, is and has been an ongoing title and character uh, for quite a while now in the comics. And she has always been, in the comics, part of the Inhuman race, Um, contrary to the little... uh, uh, tidbit that they revealed in the TV series about her DNA, having some sort of mutation in it. Um, the plan from the get go early on was, and has been that she is an inhuman. A lot of people don't realize this, but before Disney was able to kind of procure the X-Men rights backs from Fox, um, they were trying to put all their eggs in the basket of the inhumans. They tried to launch an inhumans TV series on Hulu. It was not very good. Um, they tried to kind of zhuzh up the Inhumans uh, involvement in the comics world um, and had a few Inhumans titles going on at the same time and it all led to this Inhumans versus X-Men big crossover event which I can uh, tell you all, if you did not read Inhumans versus X-Men you don't need to, you don't need to it's it's almost been like this unspoken, although sometimes spoken agreement um, uh, amidst the comic community that we just don't talk about Humans versus x-men it was kind of a little bit of a, of a wreck a little bit of a, just a little dumpster fire not the biggest dumpster fire in the world but just like a small smoldering dumpster fire and it made a lot of choices that a lot of people disagree with and made a lot of character choices that just canonically didn't make sense um and so we just act like it didn't happen and that's fine because we all like after right after Humans versus x-men was house of x powers of 10 which served as a soft reboot of the x-men title so it's perfect timing um but yeah marvel girl has always been an inhuman but marvel has been uh kind of teasing this title that she was going to die soon like the death of marvel girl was all the headlines and everything like that and she did marvel girl did die in heroic service saving mary jane um watson uh from uh I some bad guy. I can't remember his name. I read the, the issue. I'm, I'm not a Spider-Man expert. I don't read Spider-Man comics, but I was like, well, I want to be not knowledgeable about where she died and how she died. And she did. She died protecting Mary Jane in Spider-Man 29. Um, and, but the revelation that everyone has been waiting for has been this, this hinting that she's actually a mutant that they didn't know she was a mutant all along. And they kind of write it in a way where it's like, because she was exposed to the pterogen mists, which are these these uh, misty clouds that uh, turn on the inhuman powers of inhumans. It's how they become inhumans. Um, they have this like genetic code in them that um, I, I can't get into. The humans right now, just believe me, they've got a genetic things out of them. They get exposed to these mists, they get superpowers and turn funky colors. Um, that because she was exposed to that, it suppressed her her mutant gene, her X gene. And they it, it, it was a miracle that Cerebro was even able to finally find her and catalog her as a mutant. So when she died, um, she got resurrected. And this was partly, like, obviously altruistic, but also it was... You know, strategic for the X Men to do this because there's never been an inhuman and mutant. There's never been an inhuman mutant. And this was a way to kind of, uh, you know, bridge that gap and also like bring back a hero, which would be, which is good PR for them. You know, I mean, they, they gotta, they understand that while they can live forever and have, you know, omega level powers that can turn Mars into a a habitable planet, um, they also gotta make sure. People like them. You know, you got to play the marketing game. Uh, Emma knows this. Everyone knows this. Um, so they're resurre- they've resurrected Marvel Girl. It's the top of the Hellfire, Hellfire issue, um, and uh, which leads to she's going to have her own comic, which is out now, which is actually written by the actress who played, uh, co-written or written, I, I'm not quite sure, by the actress who played Marvel Girl in the TV series, which I think is actually really cool. Um, I think that's amazing that they're investing into, um, you know, artists in that way. I don't know. I, I some people have some qualms with it, and I just want to tell those people like, calm down. It's comics. Um, and so Marvel Girl's back. She's resurrected. Um, and everything is hunky-dory also what happens at the Hellfire Gala is they always do a vote Um, they do this telepathic vote amongst the entire mutant nation um, to vote the new X-Men and uh, during this vote there's a big surprise that uh, Jean Grey and Cyclops were gonna be stepping down as kind of the co-leaders of the X-Men they've been serving as that for the last two Hellfire Galas Um, while they were originally part of the Quiet Council the government that runs Krakoa, they stepped down because they thought they would be much better service as just going back to being X-Men and taking care of that team. And, and so they're stepping down new X-Men vote is happening. That's where the normalcy kind of stops. Um, because uh, one of the first things that happens in the book is that Cyclops is called away to some sort of incident at the treehouse that they X-Men have grown. That's their base of operation in the middle of New York. I think it's in central park. I think it is. Um, And he gets called away. What's happening there is what's occurring in the free comic book day issue of... Uh, the X-Men, where uh, some mysterious thief, I don't believe we know who it is yet, but I still need to catch up on a few issues of most recent comics that have come out, um, but I don't think they revealed who this thief was, but he stole the Captain Krakoa suit, which, if you don't know what that is, when Cyclops died, they realized it was very public. He died very publicly. It was, like, reported on, and so they couldn't just, like, resurrect him and not and not cause, you know, a stir and, and let people know that the, like, the mutants were being resurrected. So, Forge created him through like their biotech technology with Krakoa um this whole superhero outfit that was called captain Krakoa um and so Cyclops had a pose as him and captain Krakoa 's suit not only is visibly recognizable as a member of the x men um, but also provides uh some superpowers to the person who 's wearing it. it, enhances like you know strength and speed and flight and that kind of thing and so someone was stealing has stolen the Captain Krakoa suit. And what happens later on in the issue where all the avengers who are who are attending the gala they all get called away as well for some incident in at washington d c and what that is is that the the guy who stole the captain Krakoa outfit he fights Cyclops Cyclops is like uh injured to the point of where we think he might have been crippled um and he then goes with like a bunch of grenades <laughs> to um, I think the United Nations, if not Congress, um, and causes a terrorist attack in the name of the X Men. Because what's going to happen in Hellfire Gala 2023, or what happened, was the complete smearing of the good name of the mutant nation of Krakoa, and this was the beginning. Was the mutants have enacted a terrorist attack on? U.S. government um what else what the other thing that's going on in this comic that you need a lot of context for is that they are things are tense at this gala because of the event that just happened prior to this which was called Sins of Sinister Mr. Sinister is a pretty well-known character we've gone over him a few times he was like one of the key members of Inferno that event um and so what happened I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna try to quickly get through Sins of Sinister because it was a very it was, it was, it was a very Full and lengthy uh, event that happened in the X Men comics, which I fully recommend go back and read. Since Sinister is very fun, but basically, Sinister was called upon at the beginning of House of X, Powers of Ten, for them to be able to use his catalog of mutant DNA in order to use that to resurrect all the mutants. Well, what Sinister didn't tell them was that he had hidden backdoor style like hacking style in the coding of all the mutants that were resurrected, a little bit of himself in their DNA that should have uh, like procked when they were resurrected and should have given him like control over them or they should have been turned into basically uh, chameleon, like uh, chimera clones of him. But it wasn't working. And it turned out what it was was that it was something about Hope's powers. She's one of the five that was negating it. Well, he eventually was able to assassinate Hope. And then all the mutants that were resurrected after that, finally it turned on. The sinister gene turned on. And what that then instigated was a crazy thousand year reign of the sinister mutants the sinister x-men there's like a sinister professor x and a sinister emma frost and blah 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 all of them they took over earth and they were setting up an entire like galactic empire over the course of a thousand years because um they've always talked about this with the x-men like uh, professor x actually there's a really great issue of immortal x-men that i think Kieran gillan wrote um if i have that correctly where it's just this whole kind of like monologue throughout the whole issue where Professor X talks about how like every day he makes the conscious decision to not take over the earth, because with his level of powers, he could easily do things that would just put the earth under his control. And that's just Professor X, the the mutants, this is probably why the humans are right to fear the mutants is that they are as a nation with their abilities Totally holding back at all times. Like Superman style, you know, he has to like try to not obliterate things by punching them. Like that's the mutants as a whole. When you've got people like Iceman and Exodus and Storm and Gene Grey, these omega-level mutants and Proteus and Legion and all these these crazy powerful beings, they're always holding back. Well, under the, you know, control of Sinister, they don't hold back. And Uh, they enact this entire thousand year reign of the mutants. Um, And uh, along with that, it introduced this crazy new concept that is uh, the origins of Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister has always been recognizable for his, you know, bleach white skin and his black hair and goatee, but also this red diamond on his forehead, which has always seemed just a bit uh, cosmetic, um, just a little flourish. Um, what they wrote what they've kind of retconned is that actually what happened is that the original nathaniel essex which is the human name of mr sinister who was a geneticist on his deathbed created four clones and these four clones were tasked with trying four different routes to reach what is called dominion status dominion status long story short is basically an elevated level of intelligence and uh a collective energy and knowledge that basically allows that race or that individual to transcend time and space and basically live forever as a god um there's more about that that you can look into if you look online and, and look up like marvel has a great marvel.com has a great description of like what is dominion status anyways nathaniel essex made four clones one was mr sinister and he was tasked um, he didn't realize this, but he was tasked with trying to figure out dominion status through mutant genetics. But then there were three others. We learned there's Doctor Stasis, who has a club on his head, a black club on his head, um, and he was trying to do it through the seeking through the you know research into posthumanism. So he's the human side of it. And then there's uh, Orbis Stellaris, who is this frail. Old kind of version of Mister Sinister that kind of stays alive forever inside this kind of like powerful technologically advanced orb. Um, he has the spade on his forehead, and he is trying to reach dominion status through cosmic forces and cosmic uh, mechanics. Um, and he's actually the one who's gotten the closest to it. Um, and then the fourth, which is the craziest one, was this character Mother Righteous. There is a fourth Nathaniel Essex uh, clone. He based that clone off of his dead wife, um, which is why Mother Righteous is the only femme presenting Mr. Sinister. Um, and she is doing it through, she was trying to reach dominion status through magic. But what happened through Sins of Sinister was that, you know, the mutants took over for a thousand years and were tyrannically, you know, controlling the the galaxy um, and what happened was through the use of these clones of Moira McTaggart um, they were uh, the good guys were eventually able to reset the timeline by killing a Moira clone that Sinister was using as like almost like video game save points um, and they reset the timeline but Mother Righteous was able to catalog everything that happened during that thousand years and as the timeline was reset was able to send that information back through the timeline to the present day so that she could have, she could have the knowledge of what happened. Cause when the timeline resets, no one remembers what happened except for Mr. Sinister, um, who was creating the Moira clones. Um, cause he would back up all the information and then give it to himself. Um, and so mother, I right just sent all the information of what happened during that thousand year reign back in time. And so Colossus is, um, also kind of getting uh into bad shenanigans uh at this point because he has he is being manipulated by the basically the russian nation that is like run by his being run by his brother um and uh long story short which never, none of this is long story short, I realize I'm trying to explain all this and I'm like, I could do this. I can explain everything that happens in House Hellfire Gala 2023 all on my own. There's so much. Like Sins of Sinister alone, I could do an entire episode just about what happened during that story. But long story short, Colossus, by being manipulated by his brother, whose brother's got mutant powers that's manipulating him, um, proceeded with a vote that successfully agreed that they were going to release the Sins of Sinister... Information to the world so all the humans know about what happened in this possible timeline when the mutants took over. so now the the humans are even more scared and worried about the X-men because they're like that's what you guys could do. So we should be really worried about you guys if you guys actually decided to do this, you could just take over the world and the galaxy. So things are tense all the while orcus. Orcus is this group of nasty humans who were joined together at the House of X, Powers of Ten moment um, as a response to the mutants getting out of hand, basically. Um, And so Orcus is a full of like seven or eight different organizations. And one of them is run by... Dr. Stasis one of the Nathaniel Essex clones and he is the one who is on the team of post-humanism and so him with Nimrod and Modoc and Moira McTaggart who is now a cyborg android thing don't worry about it um she they uh created this plan where they have been infecting the fruit the Krakoan fruit that has been going out into the world and they've been putting this little sleeper uh uh, agent into it that through the use of some sort of you know wavelength they can activate and it makes any human that has eaten this infected version of the fruit go insane go like like basically like M. Night Shyamalan's like the happening like they basically try to kill everything around them and kill themselves and that kind of thing and so they've been waiting to use this 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 sleeper agent in the infected fruit um and so That's also going on. That is a big thing that's about to kind of come to a head during Hellfire Gala 2023. Um, Another fun little thing that I kind of wanted to point out that is highlighted in the issue is that juggernaut's there. And I wondered if a lot of people don't really realize that there has been this years-long like kind of arc of the juggernaut actually redeeming himself from this, you know, cookie cutter villain you know step brother of professor x and now i just wanted to let you guys know like he's been on the side of good guys for quite a while and he's actually a really fun story to follow through like it's kind of like this great like story of like just this big old big old strong guy who goes to therapy deals with his daddy issues um you know cuts ties with the evil demon that gave him powers through the crimson uh gem of Satorak. um and that's why he's here he's at the gala he's being very cute in his little bow tie outfit and he's thinking about being on the x-men and i just wanted to tell people like that's why juggernaut he's not a bad guy anymore he's he's on the team of the good guys and he's been that way before even krakoa um the other thing that i point out that is highlighted in here is that shadow cat or kitty pride i always call her shadow cat um kitty prides at the gala and she is the only mutant which has been ironic considering her mutant powers to not be able to go through the krakoan gates which are their 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 gates that are able to instantaneously transport them from anywhere in the world to the island of krakoa so she since 2019 has not been able to go use the gates she has to enter the island through a boat um and so that's why there's this great panel in the gala issue where she's just leaning against uh The gates, because they're walls to her. They literally are walls that she can't go through. Um, But she's leaning against a wall that uh, coming through, uh, the two individuals that come through it is Destiny and Mystique, who are having a little bit of a tiff right now, because basically Destiny is constantly playing this game of trying to follow whatever timeline she can figure out through her precognitive abilities that will keep Mystique around for as long as possible. And it's kind of creating this a little bit of a she's withholding information and kind of being a little controlling of Mystique. Um, but she's doing it for quote unquote her own own good. But it's not boding well with Mystique, and they're like one bad look away from starting a, you know, domestic fight in the middle of this gala. Um, which becomes kind of a big deal later near the end of this issue when what happens to Destiny and Mystique? Happens to Destiny and Mystique. Also, talking about couples, um, we get introduced to Iceman's boyfriend Romeo, and a lot of you would be like, "What's his boyfriend like?" And I'll tell you what his boyfriend is like. Romeo is an inhuman, um, who was actually no, he's not inhuman. He's a what they call a new human. He's a new human, which is basically God. I don't, I can't get into all the inhuman stuff, but let's just say through some sort of means that the inhuman Terrigen Mist used to be a very protected private thing. But then someone made it so that there's a giant mist cloud of Terrigen Mist that just swept over the entire Earth and unlocked the inhuman abilities of a bunch of nascent inhumans all around the world. And those were the new humans, the humans that didn't know they were inhuman, and then all of a sudden they got powers. Well, one of them, Iceman met during and Inhumans versus X-Men and he liked him they're both cute little gay boys and they they're boyfriends now long story short Iceman has a boyfriend he's an inhuman it's gonna become that that boyfriend's gonna be very important coming up in a a second um and so we've got Iceman's got a boyfriend we're talking about Kate Pryde talking about uh oh we get introduced not introduced but we get to see Rasputin the fourth um who is this awesome character i love her so much she's one of my favorites she's so cool um i love when anybody can just write a new cool super powerful female character and uh she was introduced actually via john jonathan hickman in powers of 10 but she was this mysterious mutant chimera from the future and then hasn't been around since that whole powers of 10 comic concluded, but through sins of sinister, she was actually, we found out her origin. She was made by the original sinister and she is through the power of like, I think mother righteous is magic. The only creature that survived the sins of sinister timeline and is now in our timeline. And she's this great powerhouse. I keep saying chimera, but I don't think I've explained what that is. Chimera is this concept of creating clones of mutants but combining mutants together to have a chimera of multiple mutants and Rasputin the fourth is one of them and she is considered like the apex of sinister's work um where she has she's a chimera of five mutants um which was uh previously considered like impossible before her because um, it became like too volatile or something like that and she has the collective powers of colossus uh kitty pride kid omega which is Omega level telekinesis and uh, Unis the Untouchable, which is a force field uh, around her body at all times, and X23 Wolverine, um, Laura Kinney. Um, and yeah, so she premiered in Powers of Ten, and now she's in the real world and is awesome, and she interacts with Marvel Girl and it's a cute little interaction and I just love it, I love it, I love it I love it. Also there's a great little panel here of like rogue. chatting with captain marvel and that's fantastic considering their history um which i won't get into right now but i think a lot of you know what that history is um there's a big tease that happens in this comic as well where magic um colossus's sister magic with a k um iliana she comes across two people who were not on the uh the invitation list who also reek of magic um actual magic with a c and these are mysterious characters that we don't know who they are yet, but they seem to be important people in this upcoming comic that is Jonathan Hickman's return to Marvel, um, or one of his returns to Marvel, where it's called GODS. And I think it's an acronym. I'm sorry, I just keep yawning so much. Apparently, I'm very tired. Um, but I'm going to power through it. We're going to talk about X-Men for just a little bit longer. Um, but Jonathan Hickman's got a title coming up called GODS. And these guys are a tease to that. Um, so if you were reading it, this issue, and you're like, I don't know who this this guy with his like cute little skunk streak in his hair and his red you know overcoat, and then his friend wearing all white. I don't know who these guys are. Um, you're not supposed to. I don't know who they are, um, but we will soon. And I'm excited, because I love Jonathan Hickman's work. You should be excited too. Also, we see Kingpin, like Daredevil Spider-Man Kingpin on Krakoa. He lives there now. Because he married this mutant named Typhoid Marie, um, who has been around for quite a while, but she's never played a huge role in the X-Men comics. She's played a larger role in the Spider-Man and Daredevil comics, which kind of cross over a lot because they're like small, small noise uh, New York heroes. Um, and so I'm just giving you the context. In Daredevil 36, Kingpin married Typhoid Mary. Um, and he was the mayor at the time, but now he's a mayor in exile because he's like, bad guy. Um, and so he took, he, he's, he's taken shelter in like sanctuary in Krakoa. So that's why it's like, why is Kingpin there? He's there because he's allowed to be. So after Kingpin, we also get a hint about civil war going on in Arako. Again, I can't, I could spend an entire episode of this show explaining to you what happened with Arako. But long story short, my catchphrase for this episode long story short um apocalypse's wife genesis um who was originally influenced by this creature called annihilation through this helmet that was controlling her um is now being subtly influenced by annihilation that was put into a staff by i think i think saturnine did that um well, she has now returned to Araco because Orcas told her that all the Iraqi mutants on Mars have grown soft and are making art and enjoying non war life and she's like queen of like survival of the fittest. It's kind of like where Apocalypse got it from. And she's like, No, they need to be constantly fighting. And so she heads back to Mars and is creating a little bit of a civil war. And she forced like half of their government to like retreat, including storms. And so now there's like this whole civil war going on in X-Men red. Um, But that's, that's what's going on is that Genesis came back and she's not happy. And now even the mutants on Mars are not safe. The other thing that happens in hellfire gala is that there is a reference to Sebastian Shaw betraying them or not being present at the Island. Um, He, ever since Emma and Kitty put him in his place, he's been de- plotting like the demise of the quiet council. And when Orcus finally came to him with a proposition, he took it upon himself to take that proposition. He actually goes so far as to, I think in the immortal X-Men comic that takes place after Hellfire Gala, he actually went so far as to take the medicine that negates his mutant gene. So he turned himself into a human after this, he's a turd and I hope he gets just vaporized at some point because i don't like him (laughs) but you're not supposed to like him he's written well as something you're not supposed to like and boy oh boy a judas amongst the mutants um is really rubbing me the wrong way um but what rubs me the right way i don't want to say that what i like is the announcement of the new x-men um that happens in the hellfire gala but they're the new x-men for like like five seconds. Um, I hope they get to be like their team eventually and not for the five seconds that happens before they get completely murderfied by a giant AI robot. But before we, that happens, we get to see that Sync and Talon, who Talon is... Again, this is where I, I do these episodes because I'm like, you need context to know who Talon is. You probably don't even know what Sync is, but I'm just going to say Sync is this really cool mutant that you should love. Talon is... Okay, Laura Kinney Wolverine goes into the Children of the Vault vault um, called the World, gets trapped in there for 500 years, comes out. B- well, they, don't, they think she dies, so they, they do the resurrection protocols and they resurrect X-23, Wolverine, Laura Kinney. And then they found her in the vault. And so there is, boy, howdy. There's Wolverine, Logan. There's Wolverine, Laura Kinney. There is uh, Honey Badger, who she doesn't go by that. She goes by another name. Scout? I think something like that, Um, which is the clone of Laura Kinney, like young girl clone of Laura Kinney. And then there's Dokken, who's the son of Wolverine. And now there's Talon, who is the original X-23, aged 500 years with a cool little skunk streak in her hair herself. And her name is Talon. So that's... and, And she's girlfriend to because they were trapped in the world for 500 years together. Um, but their new X-Men includes Prodigy, Cannonball, Frenzy, Dazzler, Jubilee, and Juggernaut. If you don't know who some of those names are, you probably don't know who Prodigy and Frenzy are. Prodigy is, was part of the new X-Men, which was this new range of students that were introduced. Um, uh, and he basically can absorb the knowledge of people around him so he's a great like strategist he's a great source of information he's a great guy in the chair um and frenzy is this female femme presenting powerhouse um that was originally part of like xavier's not xavier's magneto's acolytes and she's great i th- did she used to have a relationship professor x can't remember professor x has had a relationship with a lot of people it's hard to keep track of all his old girlfriends anyways frenzy's awesome she's super strong super indestructible and it's fun that they have her and juggernaut on their team so they have these two giant powerhouses and i i would have loved to seen them uh, in action but we don't get to see them in action because um nimrod shows up and just starts the party off wrong and destroys everything cuts a lot of people in half it's unnecessary um and starts Orcus' invasion on uh, Krakoa. Which they're actually not on Krakoa at the Hellfire God. They're on the the my Mykines. My, I don't know how to pronounce this island. M-Y-K-I-N-E-S. Please help. Um, they're on this island, which is a protectorate of Krekoa That was a gift from Namor to Emma Frost that was constructed by Magneto. That should all make sense enough. Um, so Orcus is attacking Krakoa finally and Nimrod is the, is the tip of the spear. And they know they need to take out the Omega mutants and they designate that there's Omega 1 and Omega 2 and they're able to take out Omega 2 first. They're able to do that because magic was trying to evacuate everybody but magic can't during a, a, an attack uh, a fight with a Stark sentinel. Which, why does Tony Stark have Sentinels? Well, his company got taken over by this guy named Fae Long, who's just a nasty boy. And when he took over Tony Stark's company, like basically like a hostile takeover, um, he used Stark tech to build Sentinels. And that's as bad, That's yes, if that sounds bad in your head, it is as bad as it sounds in your head. Um, but in a fight with one of those Sentinels, Um, Magic was infected with these nano sentinels that they knew they needed to infect her in order to turn off her really powerful teleportation abilities because then no one was able to escape from the party in large quantities um, like they would have if her powers had been turned on. So she fails to teleport everybody because she can't uh, reach her mutant powers, which we'll learn more about that in Realm of X. Um, which one issue is out already. And I, I've, re- I've read that. It was very good. Um, but the Omega Mutant 2 that they need to take care of is Iceman. Iceman is clearly one of the most powerful creatures ever on the face of the earth. And he goes full ham on Nimrod. It's great. He has him on the ropes. Like he is, he's the guy. He even calls it out in the issue. He's like, I terraformed a planet. Come at me, little robot man. I will just turn you into tiny little pieces of ice. But they came with uh, an answer for his Omega level abilities and injected him with some sort of device that basically made Iceman unable to hold his form together, which is kind of like the core of why he's so powerful is that he's not even like beholden to just a body. He is this elemental, you know, but if the elemental can't hold his body together and can't like kind of Uh, coagulate himself he's really not much Um, which you'll find out what happens with that if you read Astonishing Iceman which I have, it's great, it's very gay Um, and I I encourage you to pick it up Um, I think, is Steve Fox writing that or um, or is Orlando writing that I can't remember, either way great writers, great stuff but Nimrod does manage to take Iceman out of the fight that's Omega 2 Omega 1 is Jean Grey. She is an omega-level telekinetic. She is the phoenix. She can, you know, basically pull things apart by their atoms. And so she's obviously a big problem. On top of that, she is like a hyper-powerful telepath as well. Jean Grey, I'm on team Jean Grey, um, which is not surprising considering I'm on the queer team as well. And the queers, we love Jean Grey. Um, So before they could fight Jean Grey, Gene does use, like, Juggernaut as, like, a bullet, sending, you know, Nimrod off to fight him um, while a bunch of Stark Sentinels start attacking the Gala, and that's why they're Sentinels, because Phalong uh, made Stark Sentinels. This is when Orcus um, shows up in the form of Dr. Stasis, who is dancing with uh, uh, Karima, Shapon- Shapon- Shap- Shap- K- Karima Shapandar. Wow, that, I just... stumbled over that every possible way i could um and before professor x could just rip dr stasis's mind apart he's like look at my brain and look what we did and this is when they reveal that they infected all of the fruit and that all they have to do is turn a switch on and they show how that looks by turning the switch on just for the party and all of the humans go insane at the party um and they basically tell like xavier like if you don't tell the mutants to go away. We will do this to the rest of the planet. And Professor X, man oh man. Professor X, I wish you just didn't like humans as much. <laughs> he goes, "I can't let all the humans die." All right, you win. We'll send all of the mutants, all of the X-Men, all of the mutants off planet through these hacked uh Krakoan gates. Um it's very it it's so sad to watch because it is Professor X at his complete loss and failure. Um The whole thing just turns into a big fight that I don't need to give context for, but I encourage you to go read. But it does result in a huge shift for one of the characters where Moira McTaggart, now who is a cyborg, which is why I think you need a context for that, shows up and manages to stab Jean with this blade that is covered in blight swill, um, which is this poison from uh, uh, Overworld. Otherworld? Overworld. Um, and sometimes I get my names mixed up of all these things. Cause it's, I don't know. I think I sound like I know so much about X-Men, but there's a lot of information and it's hard to keep it, uh, keep track of it all. So if I ever stumble upon like the names of stuff, I apologize. I am not perfect. I'm not an expert. I'm just a big fan. Um, so, uh, but anyways, she poisons Jean and kills Jean gray again for the like third, fourth time Jean gray dies and it sucks. It's so sad. Um, and I hate it, but it's also so good, um, because the drama is what makes everything better, which is sad to say Jean in her final, you know, act of her being, you know, alive and having control of her mutant abilities, pulls Firestar into like this kind of like astral plane conversation and basically says, I'm going to rewrite Dr. Stasis's brain. And you are going to be a agent for him that was working for him the entire time. Everyone's going to believe it. You are going to have to just be a sleeper agent for us with Dr. Stasis. Um, and that's, that's the plan we're doing. And Firestar who was, who has not been on team X-Men or mutants for quite a while because she was wronged by them so much. So she's always been like on like the Avengers and stuff instead is like, okay, this makes sense. Let's do it. Um, please don't die. Jean. And then Jean dies. Uh, spoiler alert. Jean gray dies. So, this is when uh, Professor X uses his powers to save all the humans by telling all of the mutants in all of the world, all across the world, to go through the gates, which are supposed to go off-world. They don't. They, we don't know where they go, uh, but they're gone. Um, and, it's, that's, and it basically breaks Professor X's brain. Um, because he thinks that he has sent all of the mutants off to their death. 250,000 mutants go through the gates and now they're missing. Um, the only, there's a, there's a select few that are able to, uh, basically fight his telepathic command through, um, what they call, the uh red triangle protocol which was something that was created because emma frost was a bad guy at one point and so I, professor x tried to teach everybody how to like have tele- telepathic defenses um but the epilogue of all of this is that wolverine is rogue exodus manages to save like what is remaining of the five and the x-men and sends them through a gate um destiny kind of please for mystique to do this because this is the only way very doctor strange you know uh, uh avengers old Ult- Avengers, uh, infinity wars, like holding finger up that says this is the one way. And, but mystique like, uh, fights the telepathic command and gets like thrown off the island and dashes on the rocks and falls into the water. We know she's not dead. That woman can't die. Um, but it's still like jarring. Uh, Emma with the help of her old hellfire friend, Lords, um, saves the remaining ones and teleports them away. Um, but she gets shot and dies as well um all the humans on the island get killed rogue is the only one who's there that like bashes her way through and saves professor x and he's the one who he tells her like you have to find the mutants they're gone that's that's it that's everything that happened but it's a, a lot basically orcas finally wins orcas finally and and they use this like like uh fox news style propaganda where they get the entire they they tell the entire world that the fruits were infected by the X-Men and that they are here to save them. Orcus. Um, They tell the entire world that the mutants killed everybody at Hellfire Gala um, and that they retreated and have uh, uh, left the earth because of this. Anyways, the Orcus finally was able to enact their huge propaganda machine to make the world even more so against mutants and X-Men. But that is probably the craziest uh, flow of consciousness way of me explaining what happened in hellfire gala 2023 in under one hour. Um, I, I don't know if, the, if any of this makes sense. I tried to keep my, my notes together. I really want to do more of these solo episodes because I like the idea of just being able to deep dive into whatever I want, whenever I want with you guys. So if you guys have like requests of like, Oh man, I really wish I knew what was going on in just X-Men Red. I'd love to do that kind of stuff. Or if people just like, "Hey, why is who who's Colossus's brother? You keep saying he has a brother. We know he has a sister. Who's his brother?" And I'd love to just be like, "Okay, let's do it. Let's do a little bit of a deep dive into that." So, I'm still going to do guest episodes. Diction reached out to me, wants to do an episode again. I've got other people that I've been on the books wanting to do with, but I'd love to do more of these solo episodes and I hope it's not the worst thing in the world. Just listen to me talk for an hour. If it is, I don't know why you're subscribed to my podcast, but if it isn't the worst thing in the world, um, I'd love your feedback. You could do it on, um, Spotify. You could do it on our, on my socials. You could do it, uh, you know, on our Patreon, on the episode posting, dot uh, patreon.com slash class of X. Um, otherwise you can just stay silent and enjoy listening to me talk about X-Men way too much. Cause I'm going to keep doing that. um, thank you for joining me. I hope you had a good time. I hope this, uh, was fun to either listen to in the car or fall asleep to and be good, be kind, be brave. And I'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye.